Well, welcome. Uh, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor here. If you are new with us, uh, as, as he mentioned, we just want to welcome you. And I want to kind of bring you up to speed on where we are and, and where we're going to be uh, going today in terms of, of the talks and, and the messages. Uh, we, we're talking about the idea of being out of control and, uh, and the idea that the, um, really the thing that is, that is getting to a lot of us right now the thing that's making us anxious and, and maybe angry and frustrated and, and all of that is the fact that some of the control that maybe we thought we had, that we don't have anymore. Uh, and, uh, and last week we started talking about Joseph and his story that's in, that's in the book of Genesis. And, and this week we're going to kind of conclude his story. But you know what's interesting um, is something that I've, I've been thinking about when it, when it comes to this because things are starting to open back up just a little bit. And people are going to be uh, coming back together and, and we're going to be maybe seeing some people that we haven't seen in a while. And isn't it interesting how different sometimes people are when you haven't seen them in a while? You know, you think about like if you're a high school student, when you're off for the summer and you, and you come back and, and people are, you know, some of the students and that, that you run into just look completely different. Uh, let me just tell you, it doesn't change that much when you're an adult um, because when, when you're away uh, from people, uh, sometimes people look differently after a while. And when all of this is over and we are able to kind of come back and, and meet together, not only to meet together here live and in person, but, but when you're able to maybe see some of the people that you haven't seen for a while, you know, I have a feeling some of us are going to look a little bit different. And there are some funny memes and stuff going around on, on Facebook and all of that of, you know, people, you know, at the end of this being, you know, adding a couple hundred pounds or whatever that is um, and all of that. But, you know, I have a feeling some of us are going to look different. Some of us are going to act different. Uh, some of us are going to be completely different in, in many ways. And, you know, time and experience shape us. Time and experience shape us. And in some cases change us. And sometimes that's for the better, and sometimes that can be for the worse. Um, as, as we look at Joseph's story, and we continue, uh, we'll really conclude his story in many ways today, um, Joseph had to make a choice, as we talked about last week. He had to make a choice about who he was. At the age of 17, he had to make a choice about who he was and how he was going to handle the situation that he was put in. Um, God chose to allow him to get sold into slavery. And he had to make a decision about how he was going to handle that. What a terrible situation to be put in. Yet, as I mentioned last week, he didn't complain at all. And he had to make a, a choice that was going to set the course for the rest of his life. Um, this week, when we see everything come full circle with him, um, as, as God's plan is really revealed and Joseph is revealed. So, let me just pray real quick as we wrap up Joseph's story here for the next few minutes. Father, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty and powerful way right now. God, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would be in the homes of those that are watching. Lord, whether, whether they're sitting on their couch or they're in their office or maybe somebody's sitting in their car streaming this on their phone. Uh, God, I just pray that you would uh, remove all distractions for the next few minutes so that we can hear what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So the story of Joseph that we talked about last week, we're going uh, to go through a, a few chapters today. Uh, we're going to look at Genesis uh, for the next couple of minutes. I'm going to give you a snapshot of Genesis 39 through 44. There are a lot of things that happen in Joseph's story, and I'm not going to read all 13 chapters or, uh, or whatever this is, uh, or no, that's not 13. I can't math very good, can I? That would be five. Um, but you know what I mean. There's a lot of scripture here. And I want to give you an overview of, of what's happening here. Because um, what happens to Joseph last week, we, we left him where, uh, where he had been sold into slavery. He had been taken to Egypt. He had been, um, he had been sold from there again to a man named Potiphar. And he's put into Potiphar's home. And if you read these chapters, um, you will see what happens to him during this time that, that he's there. And again, I'm just going to give you a snapshot because I can't get into all of it. But he is in the home of, of Potiphar, who is the, the captain of the guard and, uh, for Pharaoh. And he ends up being uh, put into a really high position where he's basically running everything for Potiphar. He's, he's put in control of everything that happens at, in Potiphar's home. Um, and as this happens, uh, and, and as time kind of goes on, Potiphar's wife sees that Joseph is, is a pretty good-looking dude and, uh, and tries to get with him. And he doesn't take the bait, if you will. She ends up framing him, framing Joseph, because he wouldn't sleep with her. And he gets thrown in jail. So he's going through these ups and downs. Joseph gets put in jail. He's, he's there and in prison. He becomes known as this upstanding guy, as an upstanding prisoner. Um, he, he becomes known uh, as someone who can interpret dreams. Uh, there's a few people there that, that tell him their dream and, and he interprets their dreams and some, some crazy things happen with those guys. Um, but he really becomes known during this time as, as somebody who can interpret dreams. And, and funny enough, he actually, the warden of the, of the prison puts him in charge of all the prisoners, which is kind of crazy. Joseph is just a great leader, and he just always seems to rise to the occasion in every position that he's put in. And so, inevitably what happens, years go by, Pharaoh has a dream. None of the uh, magicians, if you will, that are, uh, that are working for Pharaoh can interpret this dream. Uh, none of them can figure out what's going on. Well, somebody remembers, hey, there's, there's this guy in prison that can interpret dreams. Let's, let's see what he thinks. So they clean up Joseph and they bring him up to the Pharaoh and Pharaoh tells him his dream. And Joseph looks at him and says, I can't interpret your dream, but God can. And so he begins to tell him that the dream basically says that we're going to have seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. And, you know, famine being no food and, and, and nothing can grow or any of those things. And that that's coming. And, and Joseph even then turns around and gives him a plan. He says, and by the way, when this famine happens, this is what I would do. I would do this and I would store up grain and I would do it this way and I would put these people in charge of this and this people in charge of this. And just like gives Pharaoh a plan and Pharaoh's just like, okay. So by the end of, of all of this, as he's interpreting the dream, Pharaoh ends up putting Joseph in charge of not just storing up grain for when the famine is to come. No, no, no. He puts him in charge of the entire country of Egypt. Can you imagine that? Going from being in prison to being second in command only to Pharaoh. Second in command to, to Pharaoh. And what's interesting, Pharaoh actually says this in verse 38 in chapter 42. He says, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. See, none of the false gods that the Pharaoh uh, was, was leaning on 
and, and that his, his people were leaning on could, could answer this, could, could help in any way. So Joseph is put in charge. He's put second in command only to Pharaoh. He's renamed. He's given an Egyptian name, which is uh, Zephaneth Paneah, which really means revealer of secrets. Being given as, this name is a big deal, by the way. And, and so he's put in charge of all this. By this point, Joseph's 30 years old. He's 30 years old. Joseph then starts working the plan. So he gives Pharaoh this plan. He starts working the plan and he stores up all the grain and does exactly what he told the Pharaoh he was going to do. Stores up enough food for the whole country. Seven years pass, famine hits. Famine hits. People in the surrounding lands start to hear that Egypt has grain uh, because Joseph says, all right, this is what we planned for. This is what we prepared for. So let's start selling the grain to the people so that we can take care of people because Joseph was a great leader, as I mentioned. So Joseph says, let's take care of the people because everyone in the surrounding area is here. They're, everybody else is out of food. And they hear, no, no, no. There's this guy in Egypt. Egypt has food. Let's go there. Everyone in the surrounding areas had heard about what was done. Let me take a just quick sidebar for a second. Have you ever been a part of something? A part of something that people from all around have heard about and would flock to. Think about that in terms of your relationship with Jesus. Have, have people heard in this time, in this quarantine time, people heard about what you have? So that maybe when, when we can come back together, maybe people are coming to you and asking you about the hope that you have that's within you. There's a whole other message right in there. But I just wanted to kind of sidebar for a second and ask that question. So back to the story of Joseph here. People from surrounding areas are starting to show up. Well, guess who shows up to Joseph? His brothers that sold him into slavery that think he is dead. His brothers show up. Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. They don't recognize him because it's been uh, years. It's been almost 20 years since they've seen him. And they thought he was dead, and so did his dad. And so Joseph has a choice to make because his brothers show up and they're there. And Joseph had a choice to make. And so do you and I. He had a choice and you and I have a choice to make as well about this time that we're, that we're living in right now and about what's going on and, and the things that have happened around us during this time. We have a choice to make about how we're going to handle this. Joseph probably took a step back for just a minute and said, I'm going to kill these guys. <laughs> and he very well could have. He was the second most powerful man. And instead, and I'm not, I'm not justifying this, he chose to mess with them a little bit. Um, and, and I'm sure he wanted to get back at them in a way that was much more vindictive than, than what had happened. Um, but he did get back at them, but in a way that really showed their true character. And, you know, we have an opportunity to choose right now we have an opportunity to choose who we will become during this pandemic. Joseph had an opportunity to choose who he was going to become during the time that he was in jail and then not in jail and then, and then in prison and, and all of the different things that happened to him. Will we choose to draw closer to God and to surrender or, and, and let him control our life? Or are we going to allow ourselves to get out of control and look completely different on the other side of this? 
chapters 42 through 44 give us the story of, of Joseph uh, sending his brothers back and forth, uh, back home and then back to Egypt and, oh no, go get your younger brother and bring him back. Joseph even framed them a little bit. He, he gave them some grain. First he was telling them that, oh no, you guys are spies. You need to get out of here. They begged and begged and begged. So he sent them back. He, he put some silver in their bags and so they get back to home with their grain and they open it up and there's silver in there and they get framed, if you will. So they have to decide what to do. Here's what's interesting is the amount of silver that Joseph put in the bags that went back with them was the same amount that they sold him for, yet they still didn't do the math on this. So he sends them back and forth and, and, and does all kinds of stuff, but, it, but in the end, it, it actually drew them back to God and back to each other as a family, really in the way that God intended. And, and Joseph didn't necessarily handle it all correctly right at the beginning, if you will, but some amazing, amazing things happened because of it. And so we take all of that and we pick up the story in Genesis chapter 45. And in Genesis chapter 45, beginning in verse 1, we see where Joseph just, he can't take it anymore. He can't take it anymore. And here's what it says. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. See, I don't, I don't think they actually really heard what he was saying. I don't know if they even believed him or, or it even made sense to them when he was saying, I am Joseph, because they were scared to death that he was going to kill them because of the way he had been sending them back and forth and all of these different things. It says, then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. So he had to tell him again, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. Think about that in terms of where we're living right now, in terms of how, how we are approaching what's happening right now. It was not you who sent me here, but God. See, God is always ahead of you. God is always ahead of you. This was part of the fulfillment of God's plan. The plan was always for everyone to be taken care of. But see, sometimes our version of taken care of is different than God's version of taken care of. Because maybe we're looking at, at the situation that we're in right now and, and thinking, we're not being taken care of, or God's not taking care of this. Let me tell you that he is. God knows what's coming. He knew what was coming then, just like he knows, he knew that this was coming now, and he knows what's coming a month, two months, three months from now. See, if God hadn't allowed these things to happen, 
Check this out. If God had not allowed these things to happen, the Messiah, Jesus, the whole line there, the whole bloodline of Jesus would have been completely messed up. Would have been completely messed up because Joseph's brother, Judah, is a direct descendant of Jesus Christ. Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. Had Joseph's brothers not been saved from the famine and Joseph not had compassion on them and loved them in spite of what they'd done, the whole bloodline of Jesus Christ could have potentially been broken right then and there. But God knew what was coming. God knew what, what needed to happen. God is in control and he always was. See, Joseph chose to love and forgive. He chose to love and forgive. What do you need to choose? What do you need to choose? Need is an important word there. I put that word in there for a reason. Joseph allowed the experiences of his life to change him and to push him toward God. He didn't give in to revenge. He actually gave in to mercy. Mercy is uh, not being given what you deserve. He gave them mercy. You know, we, we treat each other like dirt sometimes. We really do. A lot of times we'll, we'll just look out for number one because that's what we're supposed to do right now, right? We're just supposed to, to look out for, for myself and, and I'm supposed to make sure that, that I'm completely taken care of at, at all times and, and, and that's really not how God intended it to be. For us to just look out for number one, we have this attitude that has really become very, very popular today and, and it says, who cares about anybody else? I'm gonna do what I wanna do and you can't judge me. Don't judge me. You can't judge me. How many times do we hear that? How many times do we hear that? This pandemic has really seen both sides of that, hasn't it? It's seen some insane generosity in some really cool ways. I'll give you the, uh, the first responders uh, gift card give back. Man, that has been some insane generosity that we've seen just in, in that little project here. But we've also seen some extreme selfishness. Just watch the news. Just look at your Facebook feed. We've seen some extreme selfishness. Instead, we should, we should love. We should forgive. We should accept others. There's a verse in James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. It says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Look at this, quick to listen. How often are we the other way around? We are slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry because I'm just looking out for number one. So I'm not, I don't even care what you're doing. I'm, I'm gonna snap. I'm gonna snap. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna be slow, slow to listen. I'm gonna be quick to speak. I'm gonna be quick to throw out my opinion. And then I'm gonna be really quick to become angry if you don't agree with me. That's the complete opposite of how we should be acting. We should be, in, in many ways, like Joseph ended up being at the end. He kind of learned the lesson here when he, when he ended up revealing himself to his brothers because he did end up being slow to speak and quick to listen. And, and, and we're usually the opposite of that. And why is that? Because who are we letting control us? Us. We're not giving control over to the Lord. So let me ask you this. What choice maybe needs to be made in your life? What choice needs to be made in, in your life? Is there a hurt that needs to be forgiven? 
Is there a grudge maybe that, that's being held it, that, that is controlling you still during this time? Or has this time maybe given you some perspective? Or have you chosen to ignore that perspective? See, being controlled by him is always better than being controlled by me. Every time. Every time, being controlled by him is always better than being controlled by me. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious that when I get in trouble and I get myself in trouble, right there. Right there. It's because I'm not trying to be spirit-led. I'm not maybe listening to what the word of God has, has told me, the, the things that maybe I know better. I want to look at this passage to end today in 2 Peter chapter 1. And it's it's fairly lengthy passage. It's about seven verses. But it really speaks to this idea. It speaks to this idea of, of being controlled by him is better than being controlled by me. So I'm, I want to kind of read this in chunks. Let's just read verse 3 and 4 for a second. It says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Do you realize that? God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this. How, how, how have we received all of this? By coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. See, that's, that's being controlled by us, not, not by him. We have free will. We absolutely have free will. You can do whatever you want. You can turn this off right now if you don't like what I'm saying. You have free will to do that. I hope that you don't because I think God's, God maybe wants to show you something really important here. So what are we doing with that free will? Are we taking that and, and allowing it to control us? Are we surrendering to the one who knows better? We surrendering to the one that, that really we should be surrendering to, and that's, and that's to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because honestly, when, when all of us get back together, when we're all able to get back together, and we all get to have that reveal, if you will, it's going to be obvious who has been in control during this time. Have you thought about that? It's going to be really obvious if you've been in control or if God's been in control. Because the differences in people become pretty obvious when you haven't seen somebody in a while. They become real obvious. See, we need to listen to God's instructions. How do we do that? Well, there, there's three ways that God speaks to us. We've talked about this before, and that would be his word, through prayer, and through other godly people. So are we listening to his instructions? Let's continue on with this passage here in verse 5. It says, in view of all this, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. 
the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more productive and useful you'll be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen and do these things and you'll never fall away. Do these things and you'll never fall away. How interesting all of those things are. How, how amazing that, that when we actually follow God's plan, that when we give control over to him, what we end up looking like. So my connection point for the day is this. What will your reveal look like? What will your reveal look like? Because when we come back on the other side of this, as I've mentioned, we all have an opportunity for a reveal. And I'm not just talking meeting back in person here. Yeah, we can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see a lot of you and fist bump and not hug for a while or whatever we have to do. But just to be back in person is going to be amazing. But I'm even talking more than that. The people you haven't seen in a while, not just here, who are they going to see? What is your reveal going to look like? Is it going to be out of control? Is it going to be obvious that during this time you've been out of control or is it going to be obvious that you've been in his control? Who will you be? Time and experience shape us. In some cases, they change us quite a bit. So when the stay at home is lifted and we're able to get back together again and, and people may remember you a certain way, are you coming back the same? Will no one recognize you for the wrong reasons? Or will no one recognize you for maybe the right reasons? Because you've been being controlled by the Holy Spirit. You've been being controlled by God. And you've taken this time to allow him to change you and mold you in a way that maybe couldn't have been done any other way. See, bitterness jealousy, pride? Have those things been controlling you during this time? Have you been sitting and just letting that just get even worse? Or have you been maybe taking this opportunity to lean in to your heavenly father, to lean into his arms, and to let some of those things go that have been controlling you, that have been holding you back? going to be obvious and it's a slow fade into those things but your reveal it won't be it won't be or has God so radically changed you during this time that no one recognizes you in a good way would you bow with me God loves you so much and he does want to change you in a good way. He wants that reveal 
to be an amazing thing. I would love nothing more than for when we do maybe come back and meet here to, to be able to, to meet some people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus during this time or maybe have grown more in their faith during this time and they wouldn't have in, in any other way. Look what God did through a terrible situation with Joseph. He did some amazing, incredible things. And I believe he's doing amazing and incredible things during this time. But if we're just being controlled by ourselves, we're never going to see that. If you've never put your full faith and trust in Jesus and the one who is really in control, I, 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 I can't beg you enough to consider that right now. To consider putting your full faith and trust in Jesus. It doesn't mean you have to know everything or you have to be fully uh, you know, a theology major or something along those lines. You just have to admit that you're a sinner, that you're not perfect. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he died on the cross, that he rose from you on the third day and, and put your faith and trust in him for salvation. He will forgive you. He will come into your life. Cry out to him right now. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for your word and I thank you for the promises of your word. God, I pray Lord, that, uh, that if there is someone watching right now that doesn't know you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would push onto their heart and that they would make that decision for you right now. God, for the rest of us, for those of us that, that do know you, Lord, maybe we haven't really allowed you to control us during this time. Maybe we've been being controlled by other things. And maybe we don't realize the person that we are becoming during this time. Father, it's not going to be long before we can all meet together again in various places, not just here. So who are we going to be? Are we going to be somebody that's been controlled by you and has grown closer to you or not? Holy Spirit, I pray you would just continue to move in a mighty and powerful way that you would challenge us throughout the rest of this day. Father, continue to move because when we are revealed, if you will, we get to be with you in heaven one day. What an amazing day that's going to be. But Lord, we want to be used by you while we are still here on this earth. God, challenge us, change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you did put your faith and trust in Jesus this morning, uh, I would ask that, that you would maybe scroll down on the page. If you're on our website, there's a place that says Next Steps. Click on that and, uh, and let us know so that we can celebrate with you. We can reach out to you. We can maybe get you some resources if you need that. Um, and uh, we can just at least connect with you uh, in, in some way, shape, or form there. If you still have questions, you can go there and reach out to us as well. I'd, I'd love to, to talk to you even, even personally if you need to, to talk and you've got some questions about how to put your faith and trust in Jesus. I'd love to talk to you today. Uh, there's also a place on our website for prayer requests and different things like that. So feel free to check out our website at connectchurch.xyz. There's a lot of great resources for you there. Uh, it's been great to be together this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next Sunday.